Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. John Walters, voice of Iowa State Athletics, with us on 365 Sports. And we had John scheduled because of Brock Purdy, and we will do that and, and talk about that quite a bit here right off the top. But also because of Saturday night's crazy in Waco, we'll get into that Iowa State-Baylor game and all that went with it. John, thank you very much for your time with Paul Catalina. I'm David Smoke. What makes Brock Purdy tick? You know, I think it's relationship with God. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, he just really is a grounded guy. Um, Brock is not a person who uh, allows himself to get caught up in a lot of the stuff going on around him, which is, I think, one of the reasons he's having the success that he is, because there's so many critics out there, and if he was listening to that stuff, uh, it would probably drive him nuts. But he doesn't worry about that. He worries about what his teammates think of him, what his coaches think of him. And he is really grounded in his faith. So when he has highs and lows along the path and there, you know, he can get caught in the highs and lows for sure. Like anybody else, he's human, but he doesn't allow it to, uh, bring down his, his, his ability, his belief in his own ability. He really has that belief. He, he has the confidence that he's a, a very good player. And so much of it is just grounded in, look, I'm the same guy every day. I'm not changing. And uh, and I think that's really what's allowed him to have success. John, he, um, you know, nobody really thought that he was going to have this kind of start to his NFL career, and he was Mr. Relevant. Every team, um, even the 49ers probably didn't even have that much faith. It's just they took a chance on him with that Mr. Irrelevant pick. But if you look back at, you know, a four-year starter and all these things, uh, is he kind of proof that sometimes you can get caught up in what happens in T-shirts and shorts and not what happens uh, on film? I think he absolutely is proof of that. That's a great point. And I think, you know, you got all those measurables, right? His hand size is this and his, you know, he's six one and he, he doesn't have long arms or what. Okay. Is he good at football or not? You know, he, he's good at football and that ought to count for something. And, you know, I, I see this all the time in the NBA too, where guys, it, it's so much about the measurables. And then at some point, you know, a guy comes along and just is really good at playing the game and that needs to count for more than it probably does. And uh, But, you know, Brock had 100 touchdowns that he accounted for at the college level. He set 32 school records. I mean, he was 16-1 and against Big 12 opponents in Jack Trice Stadium. 16-1. and I mean, Iowa State doesn't do that, you know, in its history. And so um, he's a winner, and he was a winner at Iowa State. And I'm not surprised that he's a winner in the NFL and that he's doing well. I'm just shocked like everybody else. That he's doing so much so soon, but I'm not surprised that he worked hard and made a team. And you know, I think one thing that really told you a lot about Brock Purdy was the day he was drafted. Okay, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He's the last pick in the draft. Which, by the way, Disney doesn't even have to embellish that when they make the movie. They can just say, "All right, uh, you know, we don't have to act like he was the third to last pick, but we'll act like he was the last pick." No, he was the last pick of the draft. But 
When he was drafted, he celebrated like crazy with his family. He was super excited about it, just to get the opportunity. He just wanted that door cracked for him because he knew what he could do. And so I think that that tells you a lot about Brock, that he wasn't down about being Mr. Irrelevant or, you know, having to wait that long. He just wanted his chance, and he got it. So when did you notice something special about him during his career at Iowa State? Was there a moment, I, I know a single moment, but was there something where you were like, yeah, he's just got the it factor? Well, honestly, um, when he first played as a freshman, he came into a game in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and it was his first real amount of time playing, right? Because he had played a little bit of snap here and there, but Kyle Kemp had started that year as the starting quarterback for Iowa State, got hurt in the Iowa game. Zeb Nolan took it over, who ended up being a quarterback in North Dakota State. But anyway, Zeb came in, tried to take it over, struggled. And with Iowa State 1-3 and three on the season, in Stillwater against the top 25 Oklahoma State team. Uh, Zeb had a three and out on his first possession. They bring Brock in. And Iowa State scored touchdowns, touchdowns on five of the next six possessions. <laughs> it was like, holy cow. I mean, <laughs> what have we got here? So it was kind of right away. And then he just kept winning that year and had a great freshman year, and he just kept building on it. And, you know, there were some ups and downs along the way. There were, there were times where he maybe tried to do a little too much, and that hurt him. But, you know, he was trying to put a team on his shoulders, and I think one of the things that he's learned from that whole experience is, you can't do that. You just have to do your role. And obviously that's what he's doing so well with the 49ers is really accentuating all those weapons around him, doing a terrific job of just being the distributor and getting it in the hands of all those great players. He um, you know, he has those moments, and I'm sure that the Brock Pretty moments where um, he's probably maybe a little too confident, but who doesn't? And, like, it's weird, like, the, all the knocks on him are, like, sometimes he throws interceptions. Well, yeah, like, there's only a couple who really don't. So it seems weird that people, like, often stretch for these things. Do you ever hear that and kind of giggle? I do because, you, you know, you want a guy who has the confidence to go make a play. And I, I get trying to stay within the system and doing what you're asked and all that. And Brock's really good at that. He studies film like a banshee. He's, I mean, he is good about making sure that he understands what it is that Kyle Shanahan wants from that offense. But at the same time, he's a guy that can improvise and make a play. And I think one of the things I was visiting with David Lombardi from The Athletic, who covers the 49ers from The Athletic, and he said, you know, one thing that I think a lot of teams, because I said to him, how, why did so many teams miss on Brock Purdy? And he felt like one of the things they really missed when they were evaluating him was just his quickness within a little 10-yard box. Not, you know, game-changing speed, not um, wild athleticism, but just his ability to get away from a pass rush. And he did that at Iowa State. He didn't always have the best offensive lines in front of him, and he had to scramble a lot and get out of situations and create something and keep his eyes up the field. He was really good at that. But in doing so, you are going to make some mistakes, obviously. You're going, to, you're going to throw an interception now and then. But if you're just going through the game like a robot and you're not attempting to make a play, well, you're probably not going to make any plays. And you're going to cost your team the game. So, yes, sometimes it backfires, but more often than not, it's turned into him being able to make a play for his teammates. And, man, all I have to do is listen to what they say about him. I, I don't care what some guy in uh, Johnston, Iowa, thinks of him. I care about what Trent Williams thinks about him and what Christian McCaffrey thinks about him and what Kyle Shanahan thinks about him. They all rave about him. George Kittle, they all love this guy. So um, they're the ones that would know. So uh, 
you know, there was this game Saturday night, John, and when we when we talked about having you on the show, this was not even a part of it, right? We didn't even – this was about discussing Brock Purdy. And then Saturday night at the Foster Pavilion happened, Iowa State, Baylor, and what was just a bizarre night of basketball. What was your impression when all of it ended? Well, you know, from the Iowa State perspective, just kind of a bummer to not – be able to get that shot off in time because it was a great play mm-hmm. yep. to set up Milan Momchilovich for that three. But in reality, Iowa State was in a fortunate position because the clock operators started the clock early that they had to stop things and let Iowa State inbound because I don't think they would have gotten anywhere near that good of a shot to begin with if the play just played out. Um, so they were fortunate in that regard. Obviously, there were the three technical fouls on the Baylor bench, and I'm not sitting close enough to see what Scott Drew said or hear what he said. Um, or, or his assistant coach, for that matter. That was the one that surprised me the most was when the assistant coach got one, too. But, um, you know, I've, I wasn't uh, able to really gather what was going on there. But it was a strange game. There's no doubt about it. It had a little bit of everything. But, you know, I, I didn't walk away from it feeling like, oh, man, Iowa State deserved to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have won, but I'm not sure they should have won. And sometimes you walk away feeling like, okay, they should have won that game. And that wasn't one. I mean, it was just two good Big 12 teams battling. When Iowa State did get on that 20 to nothing run, I really thought they might be able to close the deal and finish it out. But to Baylor's credit, they went man-to-man. I thought that was a great move. They defended better in the man-to-man than they did in the zone down the stretch. And they were able to claw back and win the game. So a great game, two really good Big 12 teams, two teams that are in the top 20 for a reason. And... Baylor was able to pull it out. So I, I call it a battering ram, the schedule. Like, Baylor tomorrow night plays Tech, and then it's KU, and then, of course, Iowa State. How do you describe the Big 12 in men's basketball, if, if you could put, like, a, a phrase on it? Battering ram is good. I like that. Uh, <laughs> gauntlet's one you'll hear a lot, too. I mean, yeah, you know, it is tough. I mean, and you can play really good basketball. I think Baylor experienced this playing really good basketball and still having a three-game losing streak. I mean, two of those losses were in overtime. One was on a buzzer beater by Tyrese Hunter against Texas. And so you can, as T.J. Alsberger has said to me many times this year, you can play really well and still get beat. We knew somebody was going to lose the Houston-Kansas game, right? And it it was likely, although it turns out that Kansas really kind of dominated that game. But I think back to Texas-Houston last week, that was an absolute dogfight. Somebody's going to lose, right? But but both teams played great. And I think what's happening is everybody's beating each other up. It's okay because when the dust settles and the NCAA tournament bids are announced, the, the Big 12 is going to do very well, probably have eight, nine, maybe even ten teams. And those teams, I think, are going to go into competition against these other leagues and do very well. Now, sometimes you get proven wrong on that, but – I think the teams in this league are really, really good, and they're just kind of sharpening each other for having a really good march. And I'm hoping that's the way it works out. John, I was at the uh, Kansas-Houston game, and, you know, if you – you know, gave Kansas a normal shooting percentage for the day. It, it's it's probably a lot closer game, but they were they were making every shot. Houston only turned the ball over three times. You know, you, usually well, yeah. you do that, you win a game going away. But you know, Kelvin Sampson said after the game, he's like, "Yeah, I don't really think we played all that all that bad. It's just you know, we're here in Allen Fieldhouse, and it's a different it's a different animal." So true, and it's so hard to shoot that kind of a percentage against Houston. 
And but you know, if you look, I was looking at the Big Twelve only games the other day. The stats for Big Twelve only games, and Kansas is shooting like fifty-two percent from the floor. They're a very good offensive basketball team. Nobody else is anywhere near fifty-two percent on the season in Big Twelve games, and so. Um, they, they did what they do. They're a very good team. I think the, the development of Johnny Furphy has made that um, Kansas team really dangerous. And, you know, you think back to Iowa State beating them at Hilton Coliseum about a week ago, and that shapes up as a really good win for the Cyclones. And so, um, yeah, this is, it's just crazy to think about this race. And, you know, Houston, Kansas, I, I think are at the top of the league, but I don't think there's some huge drop-off for the next teams. And I think there's a bunch of teams jockeying for position. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out in the end. John, one more question about, and go back to Brock Purdy. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Glad we've been able to get you on the show on the week of the Super Bowl. What do you think a Super Bowl win would, it would not change him based on who we think or what you've said he is, but what would it change as far as the way people look at him? Will they still come up with excuses? I think they will, you know, because I think human nature is that people want to be right. If they said they didn't think Brock Purdy was an NFL quarterback, then they wait for him to throw an incompletion and interception, and they say, see, yep. I told you so. You know, but if you look at the body of work, I mean, the stats, I, I mean, I, I'd encourage anybody to go follow David Lombardi of the Athletic on, on uh, Twitter. The guy has numbers out there that are just remarkable on Purdy, and what he's done historically is incredible. And so, yeah, there's mistakes and bumps in the road along the way, but if you look at the whole body of work, it's like, wow, this guy is doing something really exceptional. And, you know, I think a Super Bowl win hopefully will change a few people's minds. Probably not. Um, but if he keeps winning and keeps winning, then sooner or later people are going to just have to say, all right, I, I was wrong. You know, and I know that's hard for people, but uh, he, has, he has proven a lot of doubters wrong already. And I, I think the thing for Brock, too, that though he can't get paid yet, uh, some kind of big bonus for doing things. It, it, it's great he got a deal with Toyota. He's starting to get some endorsement deals. That's fantastic. And I think there's not a more marketable guy out there. I mean, you, you talk about putting a Boy Scout at the face of your franchise. You, you're not going to have him embarrass you in any way. He, he's going to be a great spokesperson. But, you know, obviously the 49ers, because he's on that rookie cap, they can't even give him more money if they wanted to until after next season. So, um, I think Brock's going to continue to prove himself. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to have a long, terrific career. And I just, I'll admit, he found the perfect spot in San Francisco for what he does. And it, it's a great marriage. And he understands that better than anybody. So I hope he has a long career, and I hope it's all in San Francisco. John, great stuff. Thank you so much on Brock Purdy on Iowa State. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.